We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is a victory pod, and uh, that's Dan, and I'm Jimmy, and as you can tell by his excitement, Sporting KC had a good game against Colorado, so uh, we're going to talk all about that, but first, Dan, how is it going? The VP, baby. It's a victory pod. Four goals, <laughs> four different people. I'm excited, man. I'm excited to be here with you. I'm excited for our special guest today. Yeah, y'all don't know nothing about that. We didn't talk about it. We didn't tease it or nothing. Get excited. Well, they'll know who it is by now because it's in the description. Oh, so. shit. It's Allie Trost. <laughs> I broke it here first. I broke it first. Breaking news. Yes, Allie <laughs> Trost of uh, 810 Sports Radio uh, covers Sporting KC, covers the Chiefs. Uh, she joined us to talk about uh, her time in sports and Sporting KC in a preview FC Cincinnati and Minnesota United and talked a little bit of uh, what the Chiefs success means for, for Sporting KC. So that will be great. Make sure you listen to that in the second half of this podcast. Uh, but first, if you have not left a five-star rating or review, please make sure you go and do so because that is something that we would like you to do. And thank you to everybody who has. Uh, and yeah, we, uh, we're not going to have as much bidet talk this episode, probably. <laughs> but hey, you want to know something? What's up? Uh, I was going to surprise you, but I kind of already told you this, but I reached out to the bidet <laughs> company and, and tried to set up a partnership with them. And yeah. they're like, they're totally down. So yeah. if you guys just relax for a minute, maybe I'll have something for you next week. But we might have some kind of code to get to save you some money on a big day. <laughs> like I was so excited about this. I was wheezing and I just did abs the day before. So like my abs were killing me while I was laughing. And <laughs> you you were like, I absolutely love this. I, I can't believe this is happening. I was like, I was gonna surprise you, but if you ask my wife, I'm awful at surprises. Her birthday's yeah. If her birthday's in a month, I'm like, hey, want to know what I got you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, if you are in Look the market, for that. if you're in the market for a bidet, maybe hold yeah. off a week. I'm getting everyone in my family one for Christmas. <laughs> I'm just gonna pass it out, man. We're gonna we're gonna try to to get that set up. Hopefully, we can we can have that come across the finish line. Of course, you never know what's gonna happen. They could ghost us, but we're they trying might to ghost us. But they got back really quickly. We're trying so to get I, you that discount code. There so you go. We'll uh, we'll let you know. Code for your buns. <laughs> <laughs> but uh we we have uh 
quite a lot to talk about, especially that happened uh, in the Colorado game. So we're going to go ahead and jump to that to make sure you also have lots of time to listen to that Ali Trost interview. But Dan, let's talk about the Colorado Rapids. This was the first game they played in like, I don't know how many, two weeks, maybe more. I thought it was like a month. It's, it was a long time. It might be, it's been a long time. You're probably right. It might be closer to a month because if, if, if I look at, the standings they have played 14 games which is at least four less than everybody else in the western conference so anywhere from two to four weeks probably but it's uh it's scary stuff man and i i think coming into this game i told you like if i'm colorado i'm coming in strong because it's been a while since we played a competitive game i'm gonna fire on all cylinders and like kick some ass yeah you were nervous i i was thinking i i remember I think we both actually said this on the pod last week that there's a pretty good chance of a result for Sporting KC because they wanted to sort of course correct from the two disappointing games against uh, Chicago and Dallas. But, yes. but then I think, yeah, you started thinking and I was like, oh, you know, there might be something to that where you're like, they've had almost a month off. Like they're going to be super fresh. So yeah. And, and they looked it for a bit and they, you know, they were all hyping it up. Like, yeah, we've been training at altitude, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, so (laughs) but that first half i mean for one go look at the numbers sporting had more corner kicks more shots more shots on goal they they almost escaped this game jimmy with not a single shot on goal i don't think they had a shot or a shot on goal in the first half no but it was like right towards the end where milia actually had to make a a semi-save and even in the in the interview afterwards he was like his his voice was kind of like gone like this he's like i didn't have to do anything so those are the best for me. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, <laughs> very funny. He must yell his ass off. During oh my that game. god! Oh my god! And that's one of the things I actually liked about the MLS's back tournament when the games were on ESPN and not mm-hmm. Fox is you could really hear what was happening yeah. on the field with the communication between the players, and occasionally you'd hear like the ref say something. I, I kind of miss that. Well, and then he crushed on Polito for a little bit. Carter was like. What's that man mean to the team right there? And Melia was like, oh, he's so good. And I was like, oh, my God. You, you, you and Alan got a little bromance going on? Like, he was just – it just felt like a, a big, big praise, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, $10 million man. He better be pretty good. That was so. That's insane. Yeah. He's a, but you're right. If you look at the stats for this game, Sporting KC outshot Colorado 23-5 to on target, 12-2. to I, I mean, this was – this was not much of a game, although uh, I think it's it, weird for Allen to be out there knowing that he makes so much more money than everyone else. <laughs> I don't know that, that he. I don't know that he doesn't make ten million dollars. He costs ten million dollars in the sure. transfer fee, but, but he, he makes does, a lot more money. I'm sure he does. Else. Yeah, I, I forget what his actual salary is. I don't know if they've have they released salaries this year like they normally I think do. So you think Amadou D is like, yo, you're paying for dinner, bro? Like, <laughs> you got all this money. Uh, I'm yeah. sorry. I, I'm on like a two-year contract here. <laughs> well, I wonder how, like, I, I think about that at times. Like when uh, I was watching Hard Knocks and they had obviously the Rams and, and the Chargers on there. And they talked about when, when Bosa got his new contract for like $150 million or whatever it was with the Chargers. And like yeah. the first practice he comes out, they're all kind of making fun of him. And I was like, that is kind of a, like, that has to be just like a weird sensation where like either to be, him where you're like everybody knows exactly how much money i make and that it's infinitely more than they make or to be one of the other players where you're like oh that dude just signed a contract that will be more money than i will see in my next seven lifetimes combined like Jalen Lindsay played his ass off in this last game and makes what south of 100k (laughs) probably yeah i think last time i looked buzio made like 70k so Jalen's probably around there too my god 
Yeah. Uh, so he's a he's a low level accountant. Sounds good. <laughs> mid mid level. We'll say mid. Yeah, but it's not bad for an eighteen year old. So no, no, definitely not. I, I'd be I'm, happy to make seventy k as an eighteen year old. So. Sounds great. <laughs> Confirmed. Jimmy makes good money. No, I hey, I, if I was eighteen, I would have loved to make that. I I'm not saying anything about what I make now. It's it's not it's not so pro Jimmy's pro athlete levels. <laughs> it will uh we'll let. Bosa or uh, Patrick Mahomes, five hundred million dollar man, pay for dinner. How about that? There you go. I just, I just know you're in politics, man. You're taking all that hush money and stuff like that. Okay. You know. There, yeah. That's I. <laughs> I see you out there canvassing. You're like, what do you pay to stuff this ballot box? I see. <laughs> Let's go. Thank you, Daniel Trump. <laughs> My God. I've been um, lighting them all on fire. But okay, while while we are on the topic of politics, so please. Oh, please, good. Please, no. I was just gonna say, please go vote. Oh. This is this is a very Am important I election. To vote? What if it's my right not to? Do I have to? <laughs> this is this is a very important election. You all can infer from previous podcasts who I am supporting. I'm sure you can infer who Dan is supporting. Just please go it's out a tremendous there. Tremendous election. Tremendous. <laughs> please, please go out there and vote. It's important. Many people have said uh, this is the most important election of our lifetimes. That very well may be true. I just, if you haven't yet voted, if you have a mail-in ballot, don't probably send in your mail-in ballot at this point because it's probably not going to get there in time with the stuff that's going on with the post office. So make sure if you're in Kansas, I think you're allowed to actually go drop it off a mail-in ballot physically. So do that or try to vote in person. Uh, if you're in Missouri and you requested a mail-in ballot, you are not allowed to drop that off in person. So it's, it's a weird rule, but you're going to have to either go vote in person. Missouri kind of sucks. Well, yeah, it does. I mean, they were a slave state. So if you're in Missouri and and you requested a mail-in ballot at this point, I would highly advise against mailing that ballot back in because if it is not received by the time the polls close on Tuesday, it will not count. So instead go vote absentee in person. If you can at your local county election office or if you can vote in person on November 3rd, it's just probably too risky at this point to send in your ballot by mail and hope that it gets there in time. So there you go. That's Rock all. the vote. <laughs> that's all we'll say about that. Please go vote. Um, but let's get back to. Do you like my word? Tremendous. Trim, yeah. yeah I it's kind of a new that. Trumpy thing I've been saying. Yeah. We're a tremendous podcast. Yeah. Well, so everybody says we're the best podcast ever. I've been working, working on, on that impression. It's uh, not great. It's not great. <laughs> but this, this lineup, you know, Polito back in the starting lineup. We have Buzio out on the wing again. Johnny Russell up top. Midfield, I've got Akinda, Ilya Sanchez, and Roger Espinosa uh, when Roger is not fighting Daniel Shalloway in training. Oh! <laughs> I know y'all saw that. Yeah, that was crazy. It was crazy. I mean, Daniel put it out that clearly everything's fine. Nobody worry. Like, sure. Relax. Daniel's just like, hey, remember this time you kicked my ass? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much what it was. I would not pick. <laughs> I would not put money on Daniel in that fight. Uh, so. bad. That's pretty bad. I, I put money on him if he was like kicking him. You know, yeah. he's got them long giraffe legs, but Roger was just like, I'm from Honduras. I'm about to jujitsu your ass. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's a bad deal. So that you could see it on our, it, it was on Daniel's Instagram Why story. Jujitsu. That's Brazil. That's not Honduras. Yep. I'm, an, I'm so dumb. It's South, South America. It's okay. I just, I figured you were just, you know, maybe Roger is a black belt in jujitsu. I don't know. Yeah. Honduran jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can check out that video on our Twitter. If you have not seen it, uh, Daniel put it out. As I said, it's all good. 
nobody freak out. It's not like they hate each other. This happens in professional sports. Sometimes every year in NFL training camps, teams get in fights with themselves because when you're around, you, you ever fight with your brother, with your sister, with your sibling? Oh when yeah. People I put my brother around, in the couch one time, like the height of bed, I folded him up in the height of bed. There's more of a story there. I'm sure that we'll have to get to at some point, but uh when you're around people all the time, sometimes you rub each other the wrong way. And sometimes you got to throw a little fisticuffs. So. Fisticuffs? What are you, what is it, the 40s? <laughs> got, a, got, a, a, got my cigar, <laughs> my cigar, my mustache. Yeah, there's a, you know, a, a, a little From hullabaloo. Gangs of New York? What is this? A little hullabaloo that happens in practice. So it's. Uh, Day Lewis over here. <laughs> uh, but Roger Espinosa was back, not fighting Daniel in the midfield. And then back line. Jalen Lindsay at right back because we know Graham Zussi's out for the year. Roberto Puncic. Uh, T- Winston Reed was announced as the starter next to Puncic, but he was yanked last minute for Andre Ufantas. And then Amadou Dia rounding out the back line in front of Tim Melia. So it's not, I mean, pr- pretty pretty good, pretty strong, relatively standard lineup. So Yeah, it uh, felt good. I mean, t- you see Winston Reed scratched, and you're like, okay, you know, whatever. That's, it is what it is. Fontas came in and uh, showed you why he he's good. I mean, he, we've given yeah. him a lot of crap in in the past. Yeah, he he definitely um, he he seems to have improved over at least where he was. What was it last year when was his first full year after? Uh, I think I don't know. He's been hurt, so it's hard to know exactly remember exactly when it happened, but he definitely was the type of player that before this season started, people were talking about maybe sporting Casey should buy out of his contract and just cut loose with him altogether. Yeah. There were, you know, talks of, is this another Emiliano Amor situation where it's just not working out and you just kind of got to mutually part ways, but Peter knew Peter's like, everyone relax. You'll see. I mean, they must've seen something to have a million dollar center back. He, he does make a million dollars. So he had uh, like 65 successful passes or something. It was insane. <laughs> But uh, this this game, as you mentioned, Sporting KC got out pretty early, and uh, th- they had a number of shots in the first half. None of them were going through, and I never really felt worried, even though at halftime it was 0-0. I, I wasn't really thinking that this was going to be a problem for Sporting KC. Now, that's bit me in the past, but I was feeling pretty confident that we were going to get something out of this game going into the second half. So. Yeah, no, it felt good. Like, wow, we had so many, so many opportunities, you know, and then uh... – Half the time came and you're like, God, something's got to give. Yeah, it just, it felt like, and again, this has bit us before, but it felt like this, it wasn't sustainable for Colorado to be able to continuously sustain that kind of pressure and not break defensively. Right. And sure enough, 54th minute, this, this was just a wild play that is probably just a problem with Colorado's defense. Uh, there's a bunch of people in the box, Sporting KC's passing it around to like, four different players. Colorado cannot clear the ball. It gets out to the top of the box. And I think it was it boot. No, who was it? Uh, Roger, I think just kicks it into Polito who just kind of runs by two or three Colorado defenders and punches it into the back of the net for the first goal. I mean, good on sporting KC, good on Polito. But I think my biggest takeaway from that goal was holy crap. That was terrible defense from Colorado. It was insane. That's the Polito goal, right? The first one. Yep. yep. I mean, it's just the way he just kind of dribbles around the line. He's like, I'm going to get a shot off. And you know he's going to. Like, he's going to yeah. take a hit. And I think it went through Abubakar, his mm-hmm. legs. I think it, like, nutmegged his ass uh, all the way to the goal. Yeah. Well, Abubakar, he was he mm-hmm. was one that, like, 
he just kind of was like standing there and i don't I'm know not if he, mature enough for that last name i'm so sorry <laughs> i don't know if he just thought that Polito was going to cut back or what but he didn't really close him down he just kind of let him run in front of him find the open window and then fire the shot off his right foot and there's nothing the keeper could do and abubakar is is so he's, he's a larger defender so it's like go body this dude like mm-hmm. go put your chest on his body like right kind of knock him off the ball a little bit it's a physical sport i mean if he yeah. falls down it's a dive like you don't got to go push him yeah but it's just it was pretty shoddy defending and right then man it feels feels good i yeah. I, I liked it no it was good uh and then it wasn't that much later uh 66th minute sporting kc was coming off a set piece and man we've had a number of set piece and corner goals this year so that's that's something new that we really haven't seen from skc in the years past but corner, or excuse me, the set piece uh, comes in. Alan Polito jumps to try to head the ball. Doesn't get it cleanly, but is able to send it kind of over toward Andre Ufantas, who right at the six-yard line, left foot, punches it into the back of the net. I believe that's his first goal for Sporting KC. I believe he's not left-footed, is he? I don't know. He is. He's left-footed. Oh, he is? Because okay. I remember when he and Beasler were paired together last year, there was a whole big thing about two left-footed oh, yeah. center backs. Yep, yep, you're right. Either way, that's neither here nor there everyone should be able to score with both feet regardless especially at that distance you know but yeah just to be on alert like that and just tap it in and goalkeeper was having a rough night um i don't know if you saw the william yarbrough special but every time he got, <laughs> got scored on it was like a, a fist pump and just like words being yelled like he was he was irate and it was the same every time yeah so when you're watching the four minute highlight package every two seconds you see that happening because we really laid it on in the second half. Well, I will say, uh, to be fair to, to William Yarbrough, there was literally nobody on Andre Fontes when he got yeah, the ball. Yeah, no one marked him at all. You, you just saw Jack Price, <clears throat> excuse me, standing in the background, him. just staring. Not so. a Jack Price fan. <laughs> uh, at that point, it was 2-0, Sporting KC, most dangerous lead in soccer, as they like to say. But uh, Didn't matter. Didn't stay that way for long. Uh, well, it stayed that way for about 20 minutes, but at That's that point, <laughs> at that point, you're not that worried about, you know, giving up two goals in, in three minutes time. Uh, but 88th minute, uh, Gotti Kinda had a little bit of fancy footwork after Sporty KC stole the ball deep in Colorado territory. Uh, he gets the ball um, just outside the 18 yard box, drives toward the Colorado defender, uh, doesn't really get his first shot off cleanly, but his his footwork was enough to to get the defender off balance. So even though the defender blocked Kinda's initial shot, it was as he was falling down and the rebound didn't go anywhere. So Kinda was able to immediately just poke it right back past Yarbrough. And then Yarbrough did, as you said, the Yarbrough special, waving his arm at somebody and uh, 3-0 so Sporting KC. Dude, Kinda continues to produce. Polito continues to produce. I, I know this is such a weird year, but you feel like uh, you'll, you'll hear us talk to Allie a little bit about it and what this year means um, to sporting, but you just feel like something special here. And, you know, we, ha- we haven't gotten the results we've wanted in, uh, in these past few games and even a few before that. But this is this feels like a, a corner turned, you know, I this game. So. I hope I so. And at that point, you're thinking, all right, 3-0, we'll take it. I think I even tweeted it as a – I tweeted as if the game was done. I'm like, okay, Sporting KC getting all well, three points. Foolish. And uh, <laughs> I reverse jinxed it because three minutes of stoppage time in the 93rd minute, Sporting KC is just like, hold on. 
they, they clear the ball. Gerso gets the ball at midfield. And then in maybe the best solo effort goal for Sporting KC since the Christian Namath goal against Portland, uh, Gerso just dribbles around uh, Colorado defender, muscles him off the ball. Another Colorado defender runs up. Gerso muscles him off the ball, he pushes just fell him down. down. He just goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> he fell down. And then Yarbrough comes out, and Gerso does a picture-perfect chip right over Yarbrough's head. And if you're familiar with Gerso's work, you might expect him to launch it way over the top of the goal or send it wide. This was a no. beautiful chip. Just he only makes difficult goal it's unreal <laughs> perfectly executed and uh it's 4-0 sporting kc that's the final score line that's my favorite thing in the world though is that guy just falling down at the end <laughs> just, <laughs> just couldn't hang bro so i'm just gonna fall down no one hit him no one yeah. touched him he just ah uh, collapsed yeah i've been watching it on loop uh it kills me yeah so 4-0 sporting kc they take back first place in the west as it's of cool. now as of now, and the reason I say as of now is not just because Seattle's one point behind us with one less game played, but if you look at points per game, as of now, Seattle is at 1.78 points. Sporting KC are at 1.74 points. And the reason that is significant is because it is very likely, maybe even today, I've heard MLS is going to announce that the standings will be shifted to a points per game standing. So it's time to just start winning. Like so this week is crucial to get six points. Just got to get as many points as you can, which you'd say anyway, even if it's regular standings. Well, but, sure, but you kind of want that top spot yeah. in the playoffs now. It's not about, you know, trying to just get a home game. It'd be nice to be the top guy. Right. The, and the problem is Sporting KC are almost certainly going to have one less game than the Seattle Sounders do because we're not going to get that makeup game with the Colorado Rapids, which if you remember was actually already a makeup game from a game earlier in the year that was rescheduled. Yeah. Well, and it's so lame. Like, Eastern Conference has four teams that have qualified for the playoffs. Uh, Western Conference has zero. Yeah. It's just been a shambles. And that, that could change because uh, if Sporting wins or ties tonight, yep. we make the playoffs. So. Yep, in either format, whether it's points per game or total points. But right. as I said, by the time you're listening to us, it may have already been announced. It's, it's almost assuredly going to be announced on Wednesday. You think that's going to happen? After. Yeah, I, that just uh, sucks because we have more wins than Seattle, but they have more draws. So it's just, it's super yeah. weird. And they played one less game too. So yeah, no, I've, I've heard slash been told that an announcement is imminent. Yeah. But then yeah. Colorado is going to bump into the playoffs. Like that's so crazy uh, right now. Yeah. They would jump 19 from points, 11th place up to uh, 1.36. They, they jump up to seventh yeah. place. Yeah. Galaxy aren't jumping anywhere. You stay down there, Galaxy. Which, man, okay. <laughs> I, now you're sending me down a rabbit hole. I'm, I'm going to open up the Colorado Rapids schedule. Okay. Uh, because I'm wondering how many games they have left. Because at this point, let's say they don't make up any of their other postponed games. They have one, two, three, four games left. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of them are against Seattle and Portland, so that's going to be tough. But they have a possible – so four games left, they could earn 12 more points. Man, We've already played more games than Colorado can play if no other games get rescheduled. So they have four more scheduled games right now. They'd only get up to 18 games. That's, that's rough. That's insane. But as of now, Sporting KC in first place. Uh, it's, it's funny because a lot of people ask Peter in the post game, like, you know, 
has Sporting KC received enough credit? Do they earn their respect back? Blah, 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 blah. And his answers are always so funny because he's always like, meh. We're, you know, when we win, people like us. When we lose, people don't like us. I don't really yeah. pay attention. Whatever. So it's uh, we, t- we talk with Ali in the interview. You'll hear more about Peter's responses to questions and, and sort of his unique brand of, of press conferences, which is kind of fun. But, uh, but yeah, first place in the West, heading into FC Cincinnati tonight, and then uh, Minnesota United this weekend. We won't preview those too much because we talk with Ali about them, but are you feeling pretty good going into those games? Yeah, ideally. Um, you know, you'll hear a lot uh, with Ali, and you may even hear us if you pop over to the Cincy Soccer Talk podcast because uh, oh, boy, if things go well, this evening. Yep. Well, yesterday we, yep. we may we will have done that, and it got released today. I assume. I don't. We're know. we're supposed to join Cincy Soccer Talk, uh, assuming that all goes well. We'll be recording Are tonight they a fun after podcast. Do you know much about them? Are they funny? Like, am I going to be out of place? I I remember talking with them last year. I did it. I don't remember specifically the tone of their podcast, but I remember when I recorded with them, they were both drinking alcohol while we were recording. Oh. So if I say something like. Let's be honest. If you didn't live there, you wouldn't support this crap-ass team, right? <laughs> Is that probably not good? <laughs> I don't know if I'd go on that hard. Okay. All right. Because the one thing I learned the hard way from, uh, from Cincinnati fans when they first joined is they're very passionate about their soccer team. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough life up there. They're, they're, like, they're like what Atlanta fans are when Atlanta's good, except since he's never good. So since they're just like that all the time, win or lose. Well, because they came from the USL where they were used to being very good and they were selling out Nippert Stadium, which is, which is awesome. Right. They're, Welcome they're to the big leagues, pal. Yeah, they're just – so they're a very passionate group of, of fans. Uh, but it's, it's a fun podcast. So check it out, Cincy Soccer Talk, if we're on there. If not, hmm. don't worry about it. Maybe but. Dan offends them. We don't know. <laughs> but that should be good. Uh, you're gonna going to have to – I can't tell right now you look like you're wearing maybe a red sweatshirt, but like it looks kind of orange. So you better orange, not be yeah. wearing an orange, orange sweatshirt on an orange oh, team's podcast. I better take that off. <laughs> I didn't think up, about that. Show up shirtless. <laughs> like Burt Kreischer <laughs> doing comedy. <laughs> They've never met you before. You just joined the Zoom and you just have no shirt on. <laughs> do, should I do it? I, I don't know about that. I don't see any problem with that. <laughs> I, uh, I, I might recommend wearing a shirt, but it'd be pretty, because they, we haven't done anything with our video. I'm pretty sure they live stream their video as it's being recorded. Well, I don't have to show nipples, dude. Just like sexy traps, like just, just shoulder go. city. There you go. I'm not, you know, what do I need to free the, free the nip? Yeah. Well, Hey, you, you do you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so as Dan said, a win or a draw against Cincinnati and we're guaranteed into the playoffs in some way. There are other live and I'm just bouncing them. I'm just flexing pecs. (laughs) There are other scenarios where we could clinch uh, without a win or a draw this week, but those are more complicated. So let's just get a win or a draw. Yeah. So that works. Win the thing. Win both. I mean, Minnesota at home, you like to think home field advantage, get it done. We've played them 18 times. Let's do it. Yeah. FC Cincinnati, just go up there and crush them. Make them not want to be in this league. I mean, you, you drew with them last year. Just wasn't good enough. Like, go up there and show them, like, now, nah, man, we scored four goals last week. How about four more? Yep, exactly. So, that'll be fun. Like I said, we, we talked a little bit more about those games with Allie. So, make sure you check that out. Uh, in other news for Sporting KC, uh, young Gianluca Buzio has been named to the 22 under 22. He came in at number nine this year on the list. I think he moved up a few spots from last year. One spot. 
one spot. So, I mean, he's playing pretty well. Yeah, I think that's cool, man. Cracked the top ten two years in a row. It's pretty cool. Now, what I, what I will say is, uh, I don't know how much stock I put in the twenty two under twenty two. I mean, this is pretty much just the MLS digital department saying these are the young players we think are good. And Andrew Weeby, God love Andrew Weeby. Nothing against him. Last year, he admitted that he accidentally put the wrong FC Dallas player on his list because he forgot the name of the player he was supposed to put on there. So that's just like this isn't like you know the Ballon d'Or list. This is this is take it with a grain of salt, but but good for Buzio. This is just fun, something for them to podcast about and nerd out over a little bit and play your kids, blah blah blah. So it's yeah. cool, man. Yeah. So Buzio, yeah, you're right. He moved up from number ten. Jalen Lindsay was on it a couple of years ago at number twenty. So uh, Sporting's had somebody on every year for each of the past four years: EPV, Jalen, and then two years of Buzio. Yeah. So it's pretty neat. Pretty cool. Uh, wow, I'm looking now, and the only years in the 2010s until now that Sporting didn't have somebody on. They had 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013. We missed 14. 15 was EPB, missed 16, and then EPB came back on it, 17, and then 18, 19, and 20, we had someone on it as well. So eight out of 10 years. It's not bad. Nice. So maybe a future 22 under 22 player is Sporting KC's newest homegrown signing, 20-year-old forward Wilson Harris. Now, I don't know a ton about Wilson Harris, but if you look at his stats, he's performed very well for SKC2. I think he's the leading teenage scorer in USL Championship. And if you look at the highlights that they put out about him, he, he looks promising. So I think there's some, there's some talent there. I don't, did, you, did you see any of the highlight packages they put out? Yeah, a little bit. And I, I remember always seeing the highlights as he made them uh with swope or skc2 i mean it's uh he was always scoring bangers i mean always uh getting around people and and getting Mm -hmm. good through balls so yeah a lot of upside to this kid and uh peter mentioned that one of the biggest things will be to have a pretty reliable forward when polito has to go on international duty Mm -hmm. so if i'm eric hurtado i'm like what the fuck am i What, (laughs) what, what does that say to me right yeah it's uh it's 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 interesting because Hurtado, especially with as good as he's been playing recently, I think clearly has earned his time on the field. But yeah. also, Wilson Harris is probably Peter's vision for more of the long-term future. And now that he's signed to the first team, he gets to train with the first team, train with Hurtado, train with Kyrie, train with Polito. They, they all train together anyways. You know what I mean? Like, they, they all train the same area. So yeah. he's been training with them, and they must see something like – Peter even said, actually, he's like, well, he can hold his own with the first team. Like I've seen them in training. So I know he could hold his own in an MLS game. Yeah. So very cool. And then uh, Graham Zussi underwent successful foot surgery. So he's officially out for the year, uh, which means six months or so, man. Yeah. Jalen Lindsay's our only right back that I'm aware of signed to the first team right now. Uh, We did get a question uh, from, uh, Viet fan on Twitter uh, with Zussi out and Lindsay, the starting right back. Is there any current SKC players you would like to see in that spot as Lindsay's backup or SKC two players, or are there current MLS players you'd see as a dream trade? Um, trade deadline, I think is like tomorrow, Thursday. Hmm. So I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I have not heard any rumors. I would not expect any trade to happen at this point. Yeah. I haven't but, heard anything. Um, I don't know. Maybe they'll bring up, Maybe they'll bring up somebody from SKC too, but more likely I think they'd just, I don't know, man. They'd, they'd slot somebody back there in sort of an emergency situation, but I don't, I don't know. 
Johnny Russell at right back? Who knows, man? I mean, even a, I don't want to say a Busio, but that's, you know, that could Busio's happen. played everywhere else except goalkeeper at this point. Or a Kyrie, dude. Throw a Kyrie back there. That'd be beastie. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't honestly know who they, who they put back there. Uh, I'm sure they could bring up somebody from SKC too, but I also think, you know, if you're fighting for a playoff spot and you're in MLS Cup playoffs, like that's a tough spot to bring up a, a you know, basically a B team player and just throw them in there. Right. You know, who knows what'll happen? Maybe that's where, out of necessity, Peter switches up a formation. Although I'm not going to predict that. I think he just finds he throws no. somebody else back there, and and we end up with a an interesting situation. Don't be naive. Beasler's played left back before. I don't think he's ever played right back because he's left footed, so that wouldn't make much right. sense. I mean, I guess you could try to put Dia or Luis Martins on the right side, but again, they're left backs too. It's not their natural position. Be interesting. Let's just let's just hope Jalen stays healthy. I mean, the dude's got legs. The dude's young. I mean, he'll as long as he stays injury free, things are yeah. good. Uh, we did get a couple questions about Fontas. Uh, McKinnon Walsh sent us a DM and said, uh, what are your thoughts on his bad past with us, given he may have been hampered by an injury, and does he look like a different player to you now? And then uh, Connor Bateman, along similar lines, uh, did Fontas show enough that he should start going forward, or is Punchech and Reed still the best CB pairing? So we talked about Fontas a little bit, but uh, yeah, maybe the injury, he's in the conversation. Yeah, it might be that the injury sort of hampered what he had going forward, but he'll probably start tonight maybe because Reed's not going to play. Probably. Yeah. If Reed's still got a little tightness, I think it was just like some quad tightness or something at the beginning warmups. Yeah. So, I mean, nothing serious, but definitely something that he probably needs to sit out for a week or so. Yeah. Reed, I think Reed and, and Buzio were both listed in the, the injury report as probably not playing tonight. Yeah. So. But you also retweeted that and the injury <laughs> report said like, said that Peter was like, Nope, they're available. Yeah, it's, it's very strange. The injury report said they're out. Peter was like, I don't know what you're talking about, but that's probably Peter just being Peter, I would guess. True. Peter's probably like, uh, our injury reports don't come out to the day of the game. <laughs> like, we all know that. Children's Mercy injury report, you know? Right. So, and then uh, one of our, our, our last questions here, uh, Eric Martinez says, who do you think will be next year's kit sponsor? And I forgot that this is supposed to be the last year of Ivy. So, That's right. So we'll we'll know that next year. If you could pick a Kansas City company to be the sponsor, I don't know, like mm. that we can realistically. It, if we're trying to be realistic, maybe it's Compass Minerals. I don't know. They already got the sleeve sponsor. Compass but, Minerals or, but or if you could T-Mobile pick, or something. See, now that's an interesting one. Yeah. That one would be kind of cool because there's some money behind T-Mobile. They got the T-Mobile Center now. Sure. They uh, They bought Sprint. So... You know, they're headquartered in Seattle, but maybe they try to make inroads in Kansas City. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, because Sprint was in Kansas City, and then they got folded into T-Mobile, right? But T-Mobile's yeah. headquarters are in Seattle, you said? Yeah. Hmm. But it's interesting. Is, so T-Mobile, that could be an option. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Is there another Kansas City company that you could, like, if you could just be like, oh, that'd be cool, a cool partnership? Um, I mean, they had a big deal with Cerner for a while, right? Like, well, well the, the – the owners. owners. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's, you know, don't shit where you eat. I mean, that's, you don't want to <laughs> do that. I, I mean, I don't know. my ideal still, and it's not going to happen because of our deal with Anheuser-Busch is Boulevard. Right. Boulevard yeah, yeah. would be really cool across the chest. That'd have been super cool. But I mean, hell no other soccer teams have alcohol on their, on the front of their jerseys, you know, there might be a rule against it. I wonder, but probably. 
I mean, that'd cool. be like, you know, taking one of, you know, Kansas City's premier strip clubs or something. <laughs> Bazooka's Showgirls. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not going to work out. Not going to work. Just says so. bazookas and it's like, oh, like the gum? No, like the strippers. Yeah. Well, then maybe like a, find a barbecue place. They probably don't have the money, but like. Sorry, put they're jo- dancers. <laughs> they work for a living. They're not strippers. They're dancers. Who happen to take the clothes off? Put, put Joe's KC across the chest of Sporting KC. That'd be kind of cool. That'd be so. neat. See, maybe a little, you know, I know it's a huge deal and a huge novelty and everything, but it seems like uh, maybe a little too small for that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I think you, that'd be a hard one to, to pull off. Mm-hmm. So who knows, man? It'll be interesting. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's, uh, that's most of the news we have. Uh, Sporting KC jumped up to number five in the MLS power rankings. So oh, that's pretty cool. That's exciting. And then yeah. uh, the supporter shield is back on now. So. Yeah. Make up your mind. They just got bullied into bringing it back. Yeah. Like what pretty much cancel. It's like reverse cancel culture. Yeah. What the F? They, they put out a statement that said, and after consulting with all of the MLS International Supporters Council representatives, we, the Supporter Shield Foundation Board, will be reversing our initial decision and awarding the Supporter Shield for the 2020 season. You asked to be heard. In the end, it was your input and votes that showed us this is the right choice. And then they go so on to say more, but... You made your decision. Like, no business. Make, like, people make a decision. And then you take the heat, you take the ramifications and you live with it. And then it dies out in a couple months. Boom. No one talks about it ever again, but no, they got so scared of all the heat. Oh no. People really care about this. Oh no. We need to reverse our decision. I I hate this. I don't know. I, I, it's a, it's a big, it's a big metal plate and and it's, it's given in a year. That's not even a a huge deal. Yeah. Like if we flunk out of the damn playoffs, we're all going to be like, man, 2020, right? Who gives yep. a shit? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It's inter- like, make up your mind. Like you said, I don't honestly care what you do. Just make a decision and stick with it. Yeah. I, I just, it's unbelievable. I don't know. Now I, I didn't care before and now I like care so much. I'm like mad. Right. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, last thing I want to mention before we kick over to our interview with Allie is, I think she mentions this. Have you seen the reports that Kansas City's trying to become the the temporary home of the Toronto Raptors NBA team? I did see that. It's kind of crazy because of That'd with be COVID. Neat. Not as if fans are ever going to be able to go to those games. Well, yeah, that's true. But with, with COVID uh, and and the border issue, that there's no logistical way to make it possible, or maybe even legal, for Toronto and American teams to kind of go back and forth across the border. So they're looking for a temporary home, I guess. And it's sort of like what Oklahoma City did for the New Orleans Pelicans back after Katrina, where Kansas City and the T-Mobile Arena have officially put in like a notice of interest or something like that to the NBA to become the temporary home of the Toronto Rapids. Or, wow, Toronto Raptors. <laughs> Toronto right. Rapids is not a thing. So I don't know, man. It, I mean, I don't know if you're big in your big college basketball guy because of KU, but would you yeah, sort of I tried to follow the Bulls when I was in Chicago? So right, would you kind of temporarily adopt the Raptors as the Kansas City Raptors? It'd be neat, and maybe if there's some kind of support, maybe it's a step to Kansas City, maybe getting a team somewhere down the road. I don't know. Yeah, could be. I mean, we got we got the arena already. It's a big yeah. basketball city. True. So it's always, always uh, high ratings for NBA games, even though there's no NBA team here. So absolutely, we'll see. But let's uh, let's kick it over to our interview with Allie. It's a good one. Um, make sure you you stick through the whole thing, and uh, we'll 
be joined by Ali Trost of 810 Sports Radio after the break. All right, guys, we have a very special guest with us today. You might know her from Sports Radio 810 WHP. Uh, you might know her from the Sporting KC show with Sir Nathan and Carter Augustine. And uh, you might know her as interviewing Peter Vermees once or twice a week. So, Ali Trost, welcome to the pod. Thanks, guys. I, I am a loyal listener, so I'm happy to be on the show. You guys do a great job, and uh, thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being here. We're excited, and uh, it's been a long time coming. Like, we had Nathan and Carter on, and I was like, oh, my God, we have to have Ali on. That's just, <laughs> it's not complete, the trifecta. You know, I, I love, though, that you, you have these, like, very proper names for them. I, I don't know if, if Allie has the same ring to it, but I'll, uh, <laughs> yeah, I like Carter to spice sounds... it up. So that, yeah, Carter's a very, like, Carter Augustine. Great <laughs> name. He needs to be over in Europe doing, doing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then just Sir Nathan. Yeah, it works. <laughs> All right, So what's Allie. up? What's, uh, uh, Jimmy, go, go for it, man. Let's, let's jump right in. So, Allie, you have been around Sporting KC for a while now, but let's go back before you got involved with Sporting KC. I believe you're from St. Louis, if I remember correctly, and, and your family's been involved with, with soccer for, for a while, is my understanding. So can you just let us know sort of like what your family's history is with soccer and how you came to love the sport? Yeah, so, you know, being from St. Louis, which is also a great soccer town, you know, I, I really have enjoyed being in Kansas City because I, I think in my experience here so far, the passion has been pretty equally matched in a lot of ways. And I know just in talking to different people and, you know, reading up on the history of KC soccer, it's been really cool to see uh, how it's progressed. And actually one of my first club soccer coaches was Mark Santel, a former Wizards player back in the day. So, nice. um, you know, that was like my little tie to Kansas City. My mom actually found a Wizards blanket that ended up in my bedroom and like in my storage thing. So, you know, Kansas City's always kind of been there, but in St. Louis, yeah. Um, you know, come from a huge family on the Trost side. My my grandpa is one of six boys. It was seven, lost a brother uh, early on, you know, at, at birth, but one of six boys. So huge family and all of them played sports. My grandpa was on the first national championship team at St. Louis University. My great uncle Al wow. Trost played, um, you know, at St. Louis University and then had a, a really successful professional um, career as well. So soccer's just always kind of been there for me and was the really only sport I ever played and loved growing up as a child. I tried everything else. I tried dance, I tried gymnastics, and soccer's just the only thing I wanted to do. So that was like from the get-go, that's just all I did. It was my entire life. And also a big part of my, I guess, my soccer journey and my family's really tied into this too would be um, my time going to the Maryville Saints soccer camp. So Maryville University had a lot of great, um, you know, just St. Louis soccer legends who would stick around in the summers. Dan O'Keefe, Jeff Cacciatore, Eric Delabar, just to name a few, uh, all guys who played at the pro level and settled in St. Louis. And, and I mean, really, like I, I not even just myself, but many other, you know, young soccer players coming up in St. Louis. That was like the camp everyone went to. So that was a huge part. Al uh, Trost, my great uncle, also coached there as well. And, and all of them coached for a very long time there. So I would always go to that camp. I coached there as well. Um, so soccer and, and St. Louis soccer has, you know, just 
been a huge part of my life going to the St. Louis University games and and just all that fun stuff. So to see them now get an MLS team is so exciting because I, it's one so long overdue. There's so, like so much talent that comes out of the Midwest in general uh, in the St. Louis area as well. So I'm just so excited to see them kind of get that, you know, that full, like that full circle soccer experience. You know, they've, they've always had these bits and pieces. The passion's always been there. And now they finally kind of get that that reward of having a professional team. So I'm really excited for them uh, to see how MLS succeeds there and they're they're putting in the groundwork and it's going to be a really fun rivalry for sporting kansas city so i'm excited about that too no for sure i you know my next question was going to be uh like how do you get into sports but it's like it sounds like that's part of your identity um yeah and well and the other thing too so i have three younger brothers and they played every sport under the sun so our weekends were full of not just soccer uh, I'm a pretty decent floor hockey player i'm not gonna lie you guys we would play (laughs) hockey they played lacrosse um football we weren't a big basketball family the height for me was never there if you uh if anyone has seen me in person I'm like five feet tall um but really like every sport that you can imagine we played in some way shape or form so yeah like sports just has always been the number one for all of us so how's it been to get to where you're at now sports radio 810 that's that's a huge jump I mean how'd you how's that transition been how'd you get into that it's been great. And it's also been a, a big challenge in a lot of ways too. You know, I, when I graduated from college, I, you know, was a journalism major at Mizzou and didn't, I, I went in with the intention of doing something sports related and then just kind of lost that a little bit. I, I, you know, was studying different things, was just things, was just trying to figure out, you know, maybe where my, my passions were and, and trying to just get a, you know, a good grasp on like, what I wanted to study within the journalism school because there's so many options and it's crazy. I, I, I think it all kind of came back in the way it was supposed to. And I got a, an opportunity my senior year to be a beat writer for the women's basketball team. And I loved it. It was so much fun. I uh, loved getting to, you know, know the players and the team was great that year. Uh, Sophie Cunningham, who now plays in the WNBA was a sophomore at the time and they had a really successful season and, and, you know, fell short in the postseason, but, you know, just, it was a really exciting year. And so that kind of solidified, you know, kind of reignited that love for me of, okay, maybe this is something I want to look more into. And so when I graduated, I ended up coming to Kansas City for a full-time job, not in any way, shape or form sports related, but I reached out to Thad Bell at the Blue Testament and started doing some side work covering sporting Kansas City, writing articles. i bought my own camera equipment and it was just like, Hey, can I uh, record some interviews on the field? And, you know, just kind of started like learning as I went and really enjoyed it. I've always loved to a talk. So radio has been great for that. <laughs> B uh, I love, you know, telling people stories I, and soccer of course is, you know, like I said, kind of my, my number one thing. So all of that coming together was just like a perfect opportunity for me and something that allowed me to explore what I was, itch to do and do it in a way where I had a lot of freedom, like creative freedom to just kind of, you know, tap into that uh, in as many ways as I, as I wanted to. So that was really awesome. And then as far as 810 goes, uh, I got to know Nate Bucati really well throughout my, you know, first year, year and a half of covering sporting for the Blue Testament. And he recognized the work I was doing. And in addition to that, the work I'd been doing at Arrowhead Pride. So SB Nation was really like the first place that I was doing, you know, the majority of my work, even in college, when I was covering the women's basketball team, it was for a women's basketball SB Nation site. So Nate and I got together and 
he got me in touch with the people at 810 and coming on at 810, you know, I was able to use my full-time, my past full-time job experiences with, you know, content marketing, branding, social media. And, you know, that's a big part of my job there as well as helping them grow the digital side. In addition to hosting and reporting, being a part of the sporting coverage, a lot of chiefs coverage, college athletics. Now I'm hosting shows um, here and there and, you know, helping do a lot of, you know, the digital social media reporting in addition to that. So it's been a great opportunity. And again, you know, kind of having some of that creative freedom that I really enjoyed in my early on opportunities to, you know, kind of bring that to 810 has been awesome. And, you know, getting to work with Carter and Nate and the whole Sporting Kansas City crew has been great and getting to all the players and, and Peter, it's just like, it's such a great, great crew. And, you know, it's been a really fun last couple of years. So you've, you've worn a lot of hats. You've done a lot of things. I sounds like the one thing Carter's done that you haven't done is he's been blue, the mascot. So. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I would love that though. I really would. I, I would embrace that full on. And the best part would be that like, I wouldn't tell anyone I was doing it until after the fact. Yeah. So I would try to do some funny stuff and be like, Hey, that was me. I'd do like a funny reveal. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. He, we, I think Dan was the one who asked him that when we had him on, and he was like, "Yeah, I have done it once." <laughs> he's done everything. Didn't he do like graphic design he's for done, him or something? <laughs> yeah, just about. <laughs> uh, so, obviously, you said this was sort of like a, a dream of yours and whatnot. But do you ever have a moment? What well, one? I guess what what's like your favorite just aspect of of what you do every day? And two, do you ever have just like pinch me moments where you're sitting there you're like I'm working in professional sports and sports radio and like this is a reality yeah well the the last the biggest pinch me moment that I've had recently which I have a lot of them and you know I I think the pandemic in 2020 and and just all the changes we've all had to make whether it's in our personal lives and our jobs with our families relationships um, you know it, it wasn't always easy but I, I've really enjoyed the challenge of like creating content and reporting during a time where it's, you know, you have the access through Zoom, thankfully, but it's still uh, really difficult. So I, I definitely have found a new appreciation for my job this year and still being able to do it and find creative ways to do that has been an awesome opportunity. A uh, big pinch me moment was definitely um, the Super Bowl. Like that whole entire experience, I got to go down to Radio Row, um, was interviewing, you know, a bunch of different media personalities, former athletes. That was a lot of fun. And just covering the Chiefs during the last two seasons has been really cool. And then also covering Sporting Kansas City specifically during that 2018 season, which I'm hoping we are on the brink of that right now, because I think that this team uh, is, is looking really complete. They're getting hot at the right time. But my favorite part of the job uh, is definitely interviewing. I love sitting down one-on-one -on -one and, you know, I, I think, you know, when you look at sports media, there's so many different types of content that people look for. Like some of it's very stats focused, some of it's very, you know, analysis focused, some of it is just pure storytelling and wanting to, you know, get to know people better. And, and that's definitely been my favorite. I love all of it, but I love just, you know, sitting down one-on-one -on -one with a player, getting to develop that relationship and, you know, kind of help uncover things that people would never otherwise find out. So that's usually what my goal is going into interviews, but uh, that's, that it's my favorite part. I could, I could interview people all day long and, and that's what I hope to do more of. Nice. That's a, that's a pretty good segue actually, because uh, <laughs> we, we kind of a running funny gag here uh, that Peter probably does not like to be interviewed, that he, he gets frustrated <laughs> at someone uh, in, in some way, shape or form. So 
every, it just seems everyone's seemingly frustrated him in some way. So, I mean, it. yeah, Jimmy's done it. I've gotten a look. <laughs> the look, uh, one of these maybe throws this. I, I think, uh, Ali, you asked a question a couple weeks ago over a uh, call, I think, and on the video, he was just like, <laughs> he like made a face. I don't know if he was oh, frustrated yeah. or not. I'm trying to think any... of which one that was. Um, <laughs> he does uh, it every press conference. He does it to, to every single you know person. <laughs> it's funny. I feel like it's it's heightened a lot in a way because I I don't think he really enjoys the whole Zoom thing. Yeah. I've I've found that his patience seems to be getting shorter and shorter with the whole press conference thing because <laughs> you know so and so is not unmuted. I I can't hear you. I can hear you. You know, it's just like yeah. yeah. But no, I, I can't remember what question that was specifically, but no, gotcha. Peter's the best. Because I, I remember like, Carter was on the sideline with them and Peter was like, come closer. And Carter's like, no, yeah, we're I, wearing masks. I, <laughs> I, it, Peter, but like, here's the thing. I have so much respect for Vermese. And, you know, like I, I mentioned when I was with the Blue Testament and I was taping my own interviews on the sideline. Um, you know, I was interviewing Peter after a lot of these games and he did not have to give me the time of day. Are you kidding? I'm like this random girl with my, you know, little home camera, little <laughs> janky tripod from Best Buy. And, you know, half the time the recording was pressed late. You know, we're just trying to make this production happen. And, and I'm so grateful for not just Sporting Kansas City for allowing me that opportunity. And, and I think that was step for me and, and just getting comfortable in an interview setting because sometimes you know even still I'm like oh like you know it's like interviewing isn't always the most comfortable thing right when you're yeah. you know you know it's being recorded you know there's a camera in front of you and I think that that's something everyone in media has to work past in some way shape or form but you know Peter is, was always so gracious with his time and never at any point made me feel stupid never made me feel like I wasn't worthy of being down there and and getting that quick interview after the game. So I, I appreciate his passion. I appreciate the way that he is, you know, tells it like it is. And, and I think he's also at the same time, someone who, you know, is very just, you know, I think he appreciates the coverage of the team, even if he is going to, he, he's going to give you some crap. If you, if you ask a question he doesn't like, or if you know, you, you don't know how to turn your mute button off at you know this point in the pandemic with how many zooms we've all done. So <laughs> I, I just think he's he's one of a kind. But you know when you talk to a lot of coaches, not all of them are as you know just forthcoming with how they feel about uh, a bad call in a game. Like you you, you just there's always uh, just it's a gold mine anytime you talk to them. I feel like there's not one press conference where you're like ah eh, we couldn't get anything out of Hermes. Like what like <laughs> it was all coach speak. So yeah, good yeah. point. Good point. He's great. It makes you feel that much better though when you ask a question. He's like, you know, it's a good point. It's a good question. You're like, I did it. Yes. Or when you get him to like, or when you just get him to like go off on something yeah. and like really dive into it, you're like, okay, I was able, I, I struck some chord there where he yeah. was like felt inclined to like really, you know, dive in and, and explain something. So. No one else asked any questions, but he took 15 minutes to answer mine. So. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So, so obviously outside of sports 2020 has been crazy but specifically for MLS 2020 is a wild year so far so what's what's been your take on just how the league has handled everything from the stoppage to the MLS's back tournament to where we are now and the rumors that we might not even have regular standings it might switch to points per game to determine the standings 
Yeah, you know, I don't envy any decision makers during this time, especially in, in sports, because I feel like it's all changing just so rapidly. And, and I mean, I would actually consider Major League Soccer kind of lucky that the only outbreak they've really had to deal with is, the, you know, the Rapids outside of the MLS's back tournament with mm -hmm. Nashville and FC Dallas. Yeah. They're their regular season schedule after the MLS's back tournament hasn't been interrupted in the way that I think other, a lot of people might've expected given the fact that they were traveling uh, at least, you know, maybe not cross country, but still traveling. Right. Um, so I think that that's been, you know, a huge positive. I think for the most part, you've seen their protocols work uh, sporting Kansas city, having had two positive tests that didn't result in outbreaks, I think is a huge win. I'm very interested to see though, with the playoffs and how, everything is approached because you know you are going to start seeing you're going to have to start seeing you know further travel distance I, are they still going to keep up with the same day travel that seems uh kind of you know like a, a big disadvantage especially if a team's having to travel you know from the midwest all the way up to you know seattle or, or portland so i think it's going to be really interesting to see how they how they work all that out but you know, I think teams also at the same time are very aware and like sporting talked about this, that, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. So the best thing we can do is just try to get as many points as we possibly can. Uh, just look at the next game, try not to get caught up in too much of what's ahead. But, you know, I, I think when people look back on this season and think of all of the different leagues, the failures, the success, I mean, I think if you're looking on the spectrum, NBA would be a huge win. Uh, if you're looking on like all the way on the far right, say like that's like you know, the winner 10 out of 10 compared to maybe on the lower end of the spectrum, two out of 10 major league baseball. I think you'll see uh, major league soccer somewhere up with, you know, the seven or eight out of 10 with just how, you know, the bubble went down in Orlando. And even though, you know, they did have a couple of outbreaks, I think, you know, they were able to minimize the damage there and, and, you know, make the right call and make it quickly. Um, but yeah, I think people will look back and it'll be a positive for major league soccer. And I think it was huge for the league that they were able to get that together, uh, in July when they really needed to, and have been able to put together a season because it would have been, I think a, a really detrimental thing for the, for the league and for the growth of soccer in America, if they hadn't been able to figure it out this year. Good point. Good point. What, what about, uh, you know, that, that being said with this whole season, just being weird in general, I mean, what can we what would be success for SKC? I mean, every year we're like, hey, we made the playoffs. That's a success. But, I mean, this year feels different. I mean, when you have Alan Toledo yeah. firing on all cylinders and you're getting goals from four different guys in a game, um, I don't know. What, what would you consider a, a success for 2020? I, at this point, I, I mean, I think it would be a disappointment if they, I, they're going to make the playoffs. I, I, it would be – Absolutely. I don't even know what would have to happen for them not to. So I don't even think that's a possibility at this point. I mean, if you talk to Peter, it would be disappointing if they don't go and win the whole thing. And honestly, I think it wouldn't, it's not unrealistic to think that they couldn't or that it would be, you know, just insane to be upset if they didn't go and win the whole thing. And, and you bring up a good point with Polito and just how spread out the scoring's been. They've gotten contributions from a lot of different players on a lot of different types of moments too, which I, I think that's kind of been the intriguing thing. You know, you see players like Eric Hurtado come in and score impact goals. You see players like Gianluca Busio having this huge, you know, gigantic step in his career over the last few months and becoming a really versatile piece, not just in the midfield, but also, you know, up on the wing as well. So, you know, I, I think with how complete this team is right now, how healthy 
They seem to be outside of, you know, a couple of knocks here and there. Defensively, it's really coming together. Amadou Dia has been a huge flash, especially not just, you know, on the defensive side of the ball and his one-on-one defending. But, I mean, the way he's gotten into the attack and what he's helped create on the left wing has been a huge plus for Sporting. So I, I just think the way the team has come together over the last couple of weeks, they seem to be in a really good spot to go out and compete and, and actually have a chance to, to win the Western Conference and eventually maybe win the MLS Cup. I think the one thing that's really hard this season and, and Sporting's not alone in this is that they've played so many of the same teams repeatedly. It's really hard to know how they measure up to a Seattle or Portland because we just simply haven't seen them play enough of the competition, enough of like the really good competition. Not that the Western Conference um, you know, isn't full of competitive teams because I think they've had some really good games and that have you know been competitive and, and good matches, but it's just hard when you haven't seen haven't seen them up against some of the best in the league right now. Yeah, it's a great point. Uh, tonight, Wednesday night, we play FC Cincinnati uh, for what will be their last game at Neppert Stadium, which is kind of crazy. So there's a lot of history there yeah. for, for Cincy. Uh, and then this weekend, we take on, as you were saying, Minnesota United for it feels like the 27th time this year. So uh, what, what do you what do you expect to see from SKC over these next couple of games? It seems like they maybe finally got back on track after a couple of down games. So what do you, what do you think? Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting that week of just frustrating, disappointing results where Sporting probably should have come out with four points and ended up only coming out with one uh, with that really disappointing draw against uh, uh, Chicago. And then, of course, the result against Dallas on the road. Um, It seemed to galvanize the team in a way that I wasn't necessarily expecting. And you talk to a bunch of different players and they're really locked in right now. I mean, from a mentality standpoint, their confidence is high and they really are looking at it game by game. And I, I would you know, attribute some of that to Peter Vermees and the way that he manages this team. But I would also just, you know, looking at these players and, and, and the chemistry that they have as a group, I I just think it's really strong. So I think, you know, going into this, this final stretch of games here, they're in a good spot mentally. Um, I also think though that you have to go into Cincinnati and get three points. And if you don't, it's going to take a lot of wind out of the sails. This is a Cincinnati team that statistically offensively is worse than sporting Kansas city in just about every category you can imagine they are at the very bottom. But, you know, while that on paper might look like, Oh, you know, sporting will just like, they can just kind of look right past that game. It's also major league soccer. Cincinnati's got nothing to lose. There might be some sort of sentimental thing for them in their last game, you know, at this stadium. And you just never know when a team has nothing to lose anymore, what they're necessarily going to bring. Um, I would be shocked if a team that has been scoring at the level that Sporting Kansas City has would get shut out of a game like this. Um, but at the same time, we've seen them, you know, get shut out of games or, you know, find, you know, find it hard to get the ball in the back of the net. Um, but, you know, with Alan Polito back, I just cannot imagine that happening. So I think that you have to get three points against FC Cincinnati, because if not, you're going to one, wind out of the sails. I mean, I think that halts the momentum, even if they come out with a draw and a draw will, you know, punch their ticket to the, to the playoffs officially. But, you know, this is a team that you just, if you want to, if you want to be the number one team in the Western Conference, if you want to finish with the number one overall seed, you have to go out and win that game. I think Minnesota will be a challenging game. I'm excited for that one because they're a team that's getting healthier. They've got Kai Kamara now, which, you know, I mean, the, the traveling man across Major League Soccer has just been a little bit of everywhere. So I think that'll be a, a fun match. And when teams play each other as frequently as those two have, 
there's familiarity, which can help when it comes to game planning, but that also means that you have to get a little bit more creative at times. So I'm interested to see now that, now that Vermees, I, I need to go back and look and see just, you know, what players were unavailable at the different times they've played Minnesota throughout the season, because I wonder if there is any sort of advantage to some of the players that they've gotten back now in that game that maybe Minnesota hasn't seen much of. So I need to go back and look at what the exact lineups were and who was available those games. But, you know, I, I think it's going to be a challenging stretch and sporting is, fully capable of coming out and, and you know, getting wins or, or points out of each game, but can't let yourself get in the way. And I think that's really the only concern I would have. That's a great note about the familiarity. I mean, you, you think like, oh, they've played each other before. They know each other. Yeah, they might know each other too well. So change it up a little bit. One thing yeah. we do know, uh, Peter will not change up formation because that is, <laughs> know how to do that. Uh, <laughs> Which, but, you know what, like a lot of people like, I, I really struggle with this because I, I understand, you know, maybe why, like, stylistically, you'd want to see a different formation just based on, you know, who you have available or, or what another team's showing you. And you've kind of seen him make those changes a couple of times. He's tweaked in a fifth defender for, like, five uh, on the back line. And he's also made some tweaks up top where he's dropped Alan Polito to play a false nine, but then put in Kyrie and Eric Hurtado and then I believe it was Johnny Russell in that game against Orlando. So he's made adjustments, which I think is more than you can say about Peter Vermees' management in the past. So yeah. I think that's a huge positive, that he's been very willing to make those adjustments. But you're never going to see Peter come out with a completely different formation to start a game. He's going to play his formation and play his style. Um, and if they need to make an adjustment just based on what the game is showing them, he's shown at least now uh, in this season, I think more than I've noticed in the, in the last few seasons, a willingness to make those adjustments, which I think is exciting because they've got so many versatile players, which, you know, when you've got that type of talent that you can move around, that's really hard for another team to adjust on the fly to or, you know, game plan for. Yep. For 100%. sure. Now you, uh, uh, you briefly mentioned your time, uh, you know, Super Bowl covering the Chiefs a little bit. Um, do you have any, any crazy, like fun Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes story that you think about or you tell to your friends all the time? No, you know, like Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are two of the most just like, you know, business-like, especially to, you know, in front of media or in, or in media situations. I will say my favorite story literally of all time. I love Steve Spagnuolo. He is hands down one of my favorite coaches to talk to just because, you know, he kind of reminds me of, of Burmese at times, just, you know, different approach. But like every year last year out at Arrowhead, you know, he'd come in and they would do the press conferences sometime and like, early afternoon, late morning. So he'd come in and be like, good. He would never know what time it was, but good morning, good afternoon. He, he had no idea what time it was. <laughs> so that was like just kind of a running thing. And then we get into, you know, the postseason, and it's, uh, I believe this is after they win the AFC championship game and I'm in the locker room and, you know, like journalists nowadays, you've got all different types of tools, right? So I've got the little monopod with my phone locked into the, you know, whatever. And I'm going around and, and I see him, I'm like, oh, Spags, like, you know, congratulations, you know, that, you know, that's, that's so awesome. So, so happy for you guys for the success. Like that's, you know, it's been great covering you guys this year so far. And he was like, he's like, Oh, Alec, thank you. Thank you. And he's like, what's that little gizmo? And just like points to my monopod <laughs> in my hand. <laughs> he's just, he's just so great like that. And I, I had told him a story where I was in an Uber one time and we were just talking about the chiefs. And he was like, Oh, I actually gave uh, Steve Spagnuolo a ride one time. So I told Spags, it's like, Oh, by the way, just so you know, you're riding Ubers, 
ironically enough, I actually came across one of the guys you wrote and he's like, oh man, I, I hope I didn't do anything. He's, like, he's just like, he's funny. So that's probably like my favorite, just, you know, someone who would like has said funny stuff in the past, but no, the Super Bowl was, was great. And I think, you know, so cool for Andy Reid. Uh, I think in sports, it's, it's, you know, you want to be, you don't want to pick favorites or play favorites by any means, but I, I think anyone who watches the NFL was rooting for Andy Reid to get that first Super Bowl. So really cool for not just Coach Reid, but, you know, the city of Kansas City as well. I, uh, you know, I didn't grow up here, but I, uh, I have never seen a city uh, with football, at least, really have so much passion for, for their team. And, and Arrowhead is unlike anything else I've ever seen before. You mentioned going in, in the locker room. Jimmy's not allowed to go in the locker rooms anymore because he saw a naked Ilya Sanchez. So it's just <laughs> – <laughs> Ilya's just walking around like a hairless mouse. It was unbelievable. I'm, I No, okay. I, I'm not allowed <laughs> to tell Dan anything part. anymore. <laughs> That's the dangerous part of, like – I. And you know what's funny? Like, I don't really know where I stand on the whole, like, should media be allowed in locker rooms or not? Yeah. Because on one hand, like, I get, you know, they're – there are only so many opportunities to have access and really like you're not going to either a keep the players from going straight to the locker room and you know getting ready and getting you know their butts home because they're like I just played a game I'm ready to get out of here so you're not going to funnel them into this but hold up you got to do your media availability first and then you're also not going to make them stick around later so really the only time is you know to try to catch them in the middle of their you know getting ready routines or yeah. whatever they do post game so I, I don't know I, I I hate it personally like no matter what sport it is I'm like there's no need for me to be in here like we can find <laughs> another time to talk you know yeah. like that's it, at least where I stand yeah text it's, me it's just it's not even being a woman thing I think it's yeah. just in general it's like I just you know want to talk to you when you're ready to talk when you're <laughs> right. comfortable when we're both just like you know not <laughs> Hey, are you done yet? Like, it's well, so that's weird. that's the thing is it's always it's you're getting in there and like sporting's the only locker room I've ever been in because I this is not my full time job. This is just you know a side thing, but it's it's just so funny because like you said, you're you're standing there and you're just watching all these people just like try to be discreet and you're like. I'm just going to try not to be awkward and wait until you're ready. And I just feel bad, like hovering, like they probably, like you said, they just want to get out of there and go home and see their families. And some people are vultures, man. Like <laughs> yeah. the NFL locker rooms, I mean, there is like, they've got uh, their community and they're like calling off the dogs. It's like, Hey, like <laughs> let him walk to his locker. My God. So right. it's, I, I get it's part, <laughs> you know, it's part of it, but like in my mind, I'm always thinking, can we find a better system? Like there's gotta yeah. be a better way. So <laughs> yeah. Well, I, the, the, um, the last sort of question, I guess I had for you is, so you obviously do a lot with the chiefs. You've done a lot with, with sporting and we've seen the two clubs, the, the two teams kind of work together to sort of like encourage each other, you know, promote a, sort of that like Kansas city feel Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, they come to games, they're wearing the sporting jerseys and, and leading the chance. Um, now that the chiefs, have pretty much the face of the NFL on their team and Patrick Mahomes and, and that's probably expanded their brand worldwide. I've hypothesized before that just Mahomes fame and sort of putting Kansas city on the map with like a Super Bowl win might actually help a team like sporting Kansas city. Now that Kansas city is, is more of a known place to people all around the world. And so maybe that helps bring somebody like a Polito or whatnot. So I just wanted to get what your thoughts are on something like that. Well, and with Polito as our example here, the first thing he wanted to do when he got to Kansas City 
was go to a Chiefs game. And so I remember I was talking to um, someone with sporting and she was telling me this story. She's like, he, he lands in Kansas City. It's a blizzard outside. The game he ended up going to was the divisional round game against the Texans. Um, and actually, ironically enough, they got him there to the game a little bit late, but it was right as the comeback started. So I have a theory that <laughs> Alan Toledo was actually the lucky charm there in, in, uh, in getting the Chiefs to turn that game around. But no, you know, it's funny, like a lot of these guys who do come from other countries love American football. They like, you know, they really like participating in in what there is to do in Kansas City and a big thing that there is to do in Kansas City in the fall is go, to, is go to Chiefs games. But I totally agree with you. I think that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and their success and what appears to be their guaranteed success over at least the next decade is, is really going to help uh, with recruiting for maybe not just the pro teams, but even the college teams as well. You know, if you can be close to a city like Kansas City where there's a lot to do, not that that should be what you base your decision solely on, but it's a growing city. I don't think it's going to be considered uh, as much of just like the small mid-market team, uh, at least if there's enough to do here. Yeah, I think, you know, from a, I mean, just a, the size of the city, it's, yeah, a smaller city, but if there's, you know, if they can get Toronto here uh, and the NBA team, and I also have, for his soccer's concerned that, you know, like with Mahomes and his fiance and her time playing, you know, uh, at the college level, and I believe she may have even played pro for a hot second, you know, I could see them, if someone's going to bring back the NWSL, why not Patrick Mahomes? So I could see them really having a key part in growing the sports scene in Kansas City. And I do think it helps teams and the Royals and Cape State and Mizzou and Kansas. I think there's just so, like, there's so many riches to go around with, like, just how many sports are here and, and such passionate fan bases. I could really see it being uh, an exciting thing in the next years to come. Absolutely. It's a great sports town. So, and that's, I, I didn't so grow fun. up here either. So, but I've, I've fully embraced it. I haven't lived here for yeah. the last six years. So. Well, and that's why it's so fun too to like, you know, and working at 810 and, and this is why it's a challenge, but also something that's really enjoyable is that, you know, you are kind of having a pulse on everything that's going on. Luckily I did go to Mizzou. So I, you know, understand the kind of disappointment of Mizzou athletics, at least in the last <laughs> four, to, four to six years, you know, since Gary Pinkle's time and in, in those early days of my like late, uh, late high school, early college days. But, you know, the, the excitement with some of the what's going on with Mizzou football, hopefully a turnaround coming with Mizzou basketball, but you know, they've also got a lot of other great sports. So, you know, it, it's a fun challenge, I think, to to kind of have a pulse on everything that's going on with the college scene, the pro scene, and, and hopefully to see a professional sports scene that continues to grow in Kansas City because I just think it's you know it, it's it's got a lot of momentum right now which is really fun yep absolutely sure. well we won't mention that Dan's a big Jayhawk so that's okay hey, <laughs> I, that was that was before my so my dad well, we cheat now so <laughs> I wasn't gonna say anything I'm kidding <laughs> my uh my dad went to Mizzou and so I grew up rooting for Mizzou but my uncle went to KU and when I started at Mizzou, it was a year after they entered the SEC. So yeah. I was never like really there for the, you know, big 12, like rivalry or anything, but um, mm -hmm. you know, I, I appreciate it. I think they're, they're going to milk it as long as they can. I'm like, how long can we keep this like border war thing going? Because <laughs> yeah. at some point the kid, you know, the kids going through high school and into college are going to have no idea what this is about. It's going to be like, you know, old man yells at cloud, like back in my day, like, you know, so. <laughs> well, we'll see how long they can make it last, but I'm for here sure. for it because I like a good rivalry. Absolutely. 
Well, Allie, I think that's about all, uh, all the questions we have for you right now. Uh, where I'm sure all of our listeners already know where to find you on social media, but if they don't, where can they find you? Uh, yeah, if you're on Twitter, you, I, even if you don't follow me, don't mind if you don't. I, I'm not for everyone, but I, uh, I tweet a lot. So you can follow <laughs> me at Allie Trost, A-L-Y-T-R-O-S-T. I'm on Instagram, but I'm like not fun on Instagram. I just post pictures of like my boyfriend, my family, and my friends, but I don't post frequently. So like, I won't be offended if you don't follow me there. And Facebook is, I'm never on it. So really Twitter is like my go-to thing. Follow me Twitter's on Twitter. It. It's like the worst promotion ever. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I'm on Twitter at Allie Trost. Uh, tweet at me. I'd love to, to chat with you guys. I'm always talking soccer, uh, especially when sporting's playing. So you can uh, find me there. Tweet me your concerns, something you're excited about. I'll try to respond to everything. Cool. Very cool. Well, Allie, thank you so much for taking some time to, to talk with us. Hopefully we'll, uh, we'll get those three points in, in Cincy, like you said, that we need. So yes. uh, we'd love to have you back sometime in the future. So thank you so much. Anytime, guys. Just let me know. I'm, I'm always happy to come on and talk some sporting KC. Cool. Sweet. We'll take care. You have a great rest Thank of your day. Thank you, Allie. Thanks, guys. All right, folks, there it is. Oh, Allie yeah. Trost of 810 Sports Radio. Oh, my Lord. She's a faithful no other pod listener. That's what she said. Yeah. So She, she wouldn't lie about that. Well, Brennan Williams, Brennan Williams also said that club staff are faithful listeners and i don't know if i buy it i don't i don't know if i like it <laughs> i don't know if i like that yeah maybe that's why peter gives me the stink guy that we talked about every time i ask oh a question. my god dude is no other like, pod like on your credentials yeah oh yeah that it sucks is. he's like oh, you guys are the, you guys are the ones that called Ilya the the hairless mouse <laughs> <laughs> you forgot you didn't know you're like what is he telling right now oh shit i did see Ilya's bum <laughs> he needs a bidet <laughs> <laughs> speaking of which Hey, As we said, <laughs> some, something I, I thought about, dude, how, how driven Allie seemed and, uh, you know, how she, you know, is very well known right now in this Casey mm-hmm. sports market. But before that, I, you know, people knew of her, but not like this. Yeah. And I, I just imagine her like on the sidelines, she kind of, you know, talked down on her equipment or whatever. Yeah. I imagine she has like one of the a talk boy from Home Alone <laughs> or the talk girl for yeah. girls for some reason they needed a girl one. Whatever it works. But I just imagine like oh, she better get a new tape because those tapes were only 30 minutes long. <laughs> I'm sure her equipment space. has has stepped up. She got that uh those 810 connections now since she's working there. So that's well, pretty cool. cool. Man. Be glad we don't release the video because you and me look like trash and she comes on <laughs> her hair's like perfectly quaffed her skin you know i put some like some shine in my hair today but it's it's not like her what what are we doing with our lives bro hey you know we're gonna be on cincy soccer talk here and i think they do do video here so we're, i better uh, run a brush through my hair because we <laughs> i'm not gonna wear a shirt by the way you talked me into that okay well lord help me later tonight so <laughs> i'm just gonna raise up like <laughs> just come oh, out of God. nowhere <laughs> but uh but yeah no very cool we're we're super thankful to Allie for coming on that's a really cool story she told about going to the super bowl radio row so right very something cool. she probably never thought she'd be doing you yeah. know I, I just put myself in that position like this is my job yeah and this is cool yeah. you know very very cool so but it sounds like she did envision herself doing this like her upbringing and everything she this is in her blood yeah Okay. I mean, she's Very known what cool. she wants to do, so good for her. And now we're she best friends with Allie Trost. <laughs> uh, 
thank you to Allie. Make sure you guys check her out on social media, like she said. Uh, but I think that's about all we got this week. A little bit of a longer one, I think. So but that's okay. Yeah, whatever. 97 minutes. What? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you check us out uh, on Twitter at NoOtherPod, at DanCuser, at JCMax03. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash NoOtherPod. Shoot us an email, NoOtherPod at gmail.com. And make sure you leave us that five-star rating and review. But until next time, uh, he's Dan. I'm Jimmy. Hopefully we'll be back with a double victory pod next week. But we'll talk to y'all later. See ya. Rock the vote! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.